0: If you've ever studied the subject of prayer, you've most likely come across the name and story of Pastor George Mueller. Here was a man who prayed in faith, expecting answers. And what can we learn from his example for our prayer life today? We're talking about it this morning as we welcome to the conversation Dr. Brent Patrick McDougall, who is senior pastor of the First Baptist Church of Knoxville, Tennessee. He's written Prayer Power 40 Days of Learning to Pray Like George Mueller. And good morning, Brent. Good
1: morning.
2: Yeah, appreciate you joining us, Brent. So I'm curious, what kind of got you interested in the life of George Mueller and writing about this?
1: I've been telling George Mueller stories for many years as a pastor, and I've always been fascinated by his prayer life and the answers and the power in prayer that he experienced. But it was especially during the first days of the pandemic back in 2020 that I remember specifically telling a George Mueller story and then thinking to myself, I really want to live stories that have uh, more power in prayer. I wanted to know that kind of prayer that I've been talking about for years, mm-hmm. but I realized there is this gap between my experience and the promises in Scripture. Because if we look at Scripture, there are so many amazing teachings about prayer, but also so many promises from Jesus about how when we ask, we'll receive, and that nothing will be impossible. Jesus really counsels us to always pray and never give up, and I thought, I want to learn that type of prayer. So I began to study George Mueller's life, especially his uh, biography or autobiography, which is called A Life of Trust, and what I discovered was that he put into practice biblical principles, and through uh, his life, the orientation of his life, he began to experience more and more power in prayer. And as I put that into practice, I'll tell you, I was transformed. Mm. I was changed, and I began to see more answers and more power in prayer, and I wanted other people to know about that. That's why I wrote the book.
0: Mm -hmm. So what are some of those principles that you put into your life?
1: Well, specifically, Mueller had uh, sort of uh, a framework for the way that he lived, and that he taught um, could lead to experiencing greater breakthroughs in prayer. Just to describe them very briefly, uh, Mueller talked about, first of all, abiding in Christ, that every day we need to be connected to the vine, mm-hmm. and we can't expect to bear fruit, as Jesus said, unless we are connected to him. Unless we're abiding day by day in prayer and study of God's Word, we really can't expect that we're going to know how to pray, and much less experience power in prayer. The second principle is complete dependence on God. So that means not only in the morning to pray, but throughout the day to go again and again to the Lord and to Sometimes wait on the Lord for answers to come, but complete dependence. Third, Mueller talked about forsaking sin, and -hmm. that means getting rid of anything that may be blocking power in prayer. Just as Jesus taught, if there's anything that's causing you to sin, cut it out. Don't tolerate it. Don't ignore it, but immediately deal with it, because that can block your relationship with your Heavenly Father. Then Mueller talked about, number four, exercising faith. So that means stepping out in faith, sometimes when you don't know where the next step is going to be, but trusting that God is with you. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes uh, people are afraid to take that first step, but sometimes the Spirit doesn't really show up until we do take a step of faith. The fifth principle is to practice uh, praying in the will of God. Mueller would say that 90% of our problem is that we bring an agenda into our prayers. We don't trust uh, God's truth and God's will, but instead we bring our own will and our expectation of outcomes. So learning to pray in God's will, and he's very specific about how that happens. And then the last one is perseverance. Isn't it true that Christians give up too quickly in prayer? We, We don't persevere. We don't bring those prayers before God again and again and look for the way that God gives small deposits on answers to those big prayers. So Mueller said, the way that you live really impacts the way that you experience power in prayer.
2: That's really good. Hey, Brent, um, when you were studying uh, George Mueller's life, what was something that really got him to be a man of prayer? Was there something in his life that happened or just, uh, just really soaking himself in God's Word? What was it?
1: I think there are two things that uh, especially led him to live this kind of life really early on in his faith. One was that he took the teachings of the Bible very seriously. Mm -hmm. Uh, He read through the Bible four times every year. And Mm. so imagine that over the course of a lifetime of faith, reading the Bible 200 times Mm. uh, or more, Mm. Mueller said. And so he believed the promises of Scripture. So often we stagger at the promises. We think that somehow they were for the super saints or Mm. that we can't experience that. That's for pastors. That's for People who are super religious, but Mueller says no. This is this is for everybody. This is the this is the promise for for you. And then the second thing is that Mueller began to put these things into practice very early on. There's a story in his life where he didn't have any resources for school, and so he simply got on his knees and prayed. And within the hour, came a knock at the door. Someone offering to pay for his schooling. And I mm. believe that that teed up Mueller's life for. Um, a, uh, a ministry and just a flow that uh, really cost him to trust so that throughout the course of opening orphanages and leading a church, he never asked for a dime. He only prayed, and God showed up again and again. Mm.
0: Amen. So recently we had a demonstration really culturally on prayer as we prayed for Damar Hamlin when he had that heart attack or heart incident on the field, and so the whole nation was really collectively praying for that young man. And as you witnessed that and you saw the, the community praying and the nation praying, what were your thoughts about how we view prayer? I mean, is it is it any different for a believer as opposed to those who've yet to come to Christ in how they approach prayer?
1: I do believe that it is different for a believer those that are on the journey of learning who Christ is, especially through God's Word, I do think that uh, Jesus taught his disciples to pray and still teaches his disciples to pray. So they recognized uh, when they were following him that it was uh, uh, not their experience the way that Jesus prayed. They had to be taught. They had to learn the way to pray. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, I think that Everybody, every human being has um, uh, a spiritual sort of imprint being made in the image of God. And what that means is that I believe just about everybody is drawn to pray from time mm-hmm. to time, whether they believe it or not. And what we saw with um, the football player was the nation coming together and, and lifting him up in a way that just was so powerful. Mm-hmm. I thought that picture of all those players surrounding yes. him and mm-hmm. the, the calls to prayer on social media and I believe that um, that through that, God used that incident that was so terrible in his life to actually create a little mini wave of a spiritual revival, especially among the people of faith. I was a, a bit um, moved to think, well, why don't we pray more fervently for the needs that are around us? You know, we mm-hmm. pray really well in a crisis, but why, why don't we pray for those everyday needs that mm-hmm. uh, we see in our community? And families that are hurting and people that need to come to Christ. And what if we really believed it that um, as we pray that there's something about that prayer that, that that actually moves the heart of God and that we can experience such great power as we saw in that moment uh, mm-hmm. in the life of our nation?
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. So, Brent, is there a specific time, do you think, or obviously method that we can put this uh, type of prayer In practice with our kids and grandkids? Is there a certain age that you think that that should happen, or or does it depend on the child?
1: I believe that uh, it begins uh, with the, the time in which, you know, imagine parents putting their children to bed and children understanding what's happening, to offer a prayer, to begin to model prayer for our children, certainly to begin to read Bible stories, tell Bible stories, as just as we read to children at night. Um, or sometime during the day. And then children and grandchildren really need to see us praying. Mm-hmm. They need to hear us praying, and mm-hmm. sometimes we're really hesitant. It's a very vulnerable moment to, to pray before others, and people are afraid to sort of put out there that maybe they don't feel very confident in their prayers. But, you know, prayer is, is like, a, like a muscle to be exercised. The more that we do it, the more that we do express ourselves in front of others, even, I believe that uh, strength grows, and our children can uh, can learn how to pray. If we don't teach them, who is going to? Mm-hmm. If we're not modeling that faith for them, then they're going to be learning something else. Yeah. But um, as we commit to doing that, I do think that, that God can move the hearts of children. And, and that's Part of a revival, right? Hearts of children turning back to their fathers, fathers to their children, mm-hmm. uh, a nation being awakened. It's going to start with that next generation. Mm,
0: yeah. Brent, what are some misconceptions that we have about prayer?
1: There are so many misconceptions, and that's a really good question. I believe that sometimes people think that the promises that we read in Scripture were for one day that has been long past, and they don't think that those promises are for themselves. So I think it's a misconception to read Scripture and think, well, that was only for a different time, uh, a different place, and it's not for me. Uh, The Bible says that all the words that are written um, are given so that we might learn who Jesus Christ is and learn how to follow him. And so I believe that uh, people sometimes quickly dismiss the profound promises of prayer that are found in the Bible. Another uh, misconception that people sometimes have is that, um, of course, it's it's only for the super saints. It's only for those who are very very religious and not for the everyday believer. But I think if people just give it a try, they'll realize no, these promises are for me as well. Mm-hmm. And then maybe a third misconception that um, people have is that you only need to pray once for something. Whereas Jesus taught that we should always pray and never give up. Mm. Sometimes we think, well, I put one prayer out there, that should be sufficient, God's heard me. But God doesn't seem put off when we pray for things again and again. And the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. I think that God is pleased when we come before him and and we express the things that we really want to see happen and the things
2: that we need. Hmm. That's good. Well, Brent, before we let you go, uh, tell us a little bit about maybe some tips for for those people, and maybe me, <laughs> who say, I don't really have or feel like I have the time to devote to uh, prayer life like you're talking about. What would you say to that?
1: Well, I would say, first of all, you do have time. It's a matter of how you spend time, right? Mm-hmm. It's a matter of how you structure a day. We know that things that get on the calendar are often the things that get done, People don't often protect time in prayer. They get busy on um, social media. They, they're busy on their phones. One practice I think is really important. A lot of people, the first thing they do in the morning is they pick up their phone. Mm-hmm. They look for you know the sports scores. They're looking at email that's coming in. But I believe, especially for people who are more morning people, to start the day with the Lord can set the pace for the whole rest of the day. Mm-hmm. So if you're someone that has just a little bit of time with the Lord, maybe even just reading, you know, a devotion, and so it's not necessarily even studying Scripture, I would recommend having a a Bible plan, you know, something. Even if it's only a little bit each day, start small and let that grow. If you spend five to ten minutes in Bible reading and prayer, well, increase that to 15. If it's 15, then see if you could build in a half an hour. Mm -hmm. And that's going to reap spiritual dividends. Um, The more that you invest, uh, the greater the reward is going to be. Mm -hmm. So I would say also, everyone needs a quiet place, uh, a place, as Jesus said, where you can go and sort of shut the door and just listen to your Heavenly Father. So for many people, they're afraid of that silence. But once you begin to get over that and realize that God longs to be with you and God is drawing you, then you can experience something in prayer that once you've had a taste of it, you will want more and more of it. So I would just encourage anybody, just start where you are and ask the Lord to help you to learn how to
2: pray. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's Dr. Brent Patrick McDougall. He wrote the book, Prayer Power, 40 Days of Learning to Pray Like George Mueller. Brent, thank you so much for the time, brother.
1: Thank you. What an honor to be with you and blessings on the show today.